It's the rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Tuesday, August 9th. Fantasy football draft season rolls on today on the pod. And uh, we're going to break down the Carolina Panthers and Chicago Bears. Ooh, get excited. <laughs> Teams, I'm sorry if you're a fan of either team, but, uh, well, you probably know neither team looks that great on paper heading into the season. But the beautiful thing about fantasy football is you can still have viable fantasy options on bad NFL teams. So there's that. We're going to get into that shortly here, but let me just remind you that if you want to get all of my content, you want the goods, head on over to ftnfantasy.com, where, of course, you can get access to award-winning rankings, projections, the two draft guides, the Rookie Fantasy Scouting Guide and the Game Plan Draft Guide as well. We just updated the game plan yesterday, by the way. So you get the latest uh, draft board, all that fun stuff in there, the updated rankings, projections, all the goods, plus all the write-ups from me. And some of them, they did have to be updated. Yes, they did. Just a few. Just a few. So it's all updated for you over at FTNFantasy.com. If you want to step your game up, I recommend the Platinum subscription, where, of course, you'll get access to League Sync. You'll get access to the Discord server, where you can talk directly to me, chat directly to me. Hey, I can't answer questions like crazy on on Twitter, and don't even get me started on Instagram. But in the Discord, I give you my undivided attention. So you know that's part of the uh, you know the benefit to being in the club, if you will, over at FTNFantasy.com. Plus, advanced stats and tools that you get with the platinum subscription so go check that out we have an all access as well if you want access to the dfs and betting sites promo code rat pack will get you 20 percent off on any of those subscriptions r-a-t-p-a-c-k all right let's dive into it let's talk about the panthers we'll go panthers first as of right now the quarterback battle has not been decided but I'm going to tell you, I think this is a foregone conclusion. The team went out, they traded for Baker Mayfield. Now, it was a very Carolina-friendly deal. Baker Mayfield took a pay cut. Because remember, his fifth-year option was in place, which is actually the exact same contract as Sam Darnold. So it was just under $19 million. That's a guaranteed contract. So what they ended up getting was the Browns were, well, the Browns paid for some of it. Uh, the Panthers are going to pay for a very, very small chunk of it. And Mayfield took about a $3.5 million cut as well to to go to Carolina. Now, this trade, if the Panthers had their way, it would have went down way before it actually did. As it was, it went down right before training camp started, which basically gave Baker Mayfield no time to learn the offense. Like, it's not desirable to trade for a quarterback at that time of year. Heck, I mean, it's barely desirable to get a quarterback in free agency or, you know, like at that time of the year in in, in March. Heck, Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers in 2020 in March, and he didn't look comfortable in that offense until halfway through the season. We're hearing like Matthew Stafford goes to the Rams. He's saying now he finally has like a command over the offense, and, and I'll get to Stafford his elbow when we get to that. Uh, particular episode of the podcast but the the simple fact of the matter is Mayfield had a lot of learning to do but Ian Rappaport has suggested that he is in the lead in that quarterback battle and Matt Rule came out and praised Baker Mayfield uh, for how much he has learned in 10 days so it seems like a foregone conclusion will there be much fantasy relevancy here for Mayfield no 
But I do think his presence is very good for DJ Moore. DJ Moore has topped 1,100 receiving yards each of the last three seasons. Of course, he's only had four receiving touchdowns in each of those years. And I don't think Mayfield is the type of quarterback who's going to take more from four touchdowns to 12. Of course, it's unreasonable. But four to seven? I mean, same amount of production, same amount of volume, and then you up the touchdowns just a tick, and now all of a sudden, DJ Moore is a front-end wide receiver two, back-end wide receiver one, and you really don't have to draft him there. So I do like that about Moore, the consistency, the high ceiling, the fact that they're going to prioritize getting him the football, because really beyond that, you still have Robbie Anderson, who actually changed his name in the offseason to Robbie Anderson. I don't know if you knew that. It went from R-O-B-B-Y to R-O-B-B-I-E. I don't know why he did that. <laughs> I, I have not seen the news story on that. It's silly. I, he did it to F up everybody's spreadsheets, I guess. That's why. But anyway, um, no appeal there. And honestly, Terrace Marshall, I'm going to hold on to him in Dynasty Leagues. I'd love to see him take a step forward, but there's really no appeal to him either. And of course, no appeal at tight end with Tommy Tremble and Ian Thomas there. So let's talk about the elephant in the room because I probably should have led with Christian McCaffrey, but you know what? Let's bury the lead. Christian McCaffrey is phenomenal. There's no denying that. When he's on the field, I, I, I he's the best player in football, or one of the best players in football. He is electric. He is dominant. He can take over games. He is one of the top fantasy football assets of his generation. Of course, the big problem. He has been consistently hurt over the last two seasons, making it very difficult to trust him if you're picking at the top end of your draft. You're picking one or two which is basically where he's going to go in almost every draft, by the way, at this point. I'm seeing him go at number one in a bunch of drafts. I was in a draft over the weekend in New York City, the Fantasy League of Experts draft. Drafts. Uh, he went number one overall in the one quarterback league. Jonathan Taylor went two. But I don't think he's going to go outside of one or two in most leagues unless you get the disgruntled, angry fantasy guy. And you know that guy. We all know that guy. We all have at least three of these guys in our league. I'm never going to do that again. I know everything about football. Uh, that guy? You know that guy? Yeah. Um, well, I get it. I mean, but I don't agree with it. And if I was in the number two spot and McCaffrey's there, I'm going to draft him. If I was in the number three spot and he falls to me, I'm going to draft him. If he somehow falls past that, guess what? If I'm there, I'm going to draft him because he's number two on my board right now. Now, I haven't been able to bring myself to, to put him at number one. I think Jonathan Taylor, not only does he have enormous ceiling, but he's the safest guy on the board other than maybe Cooper Cup. And, you know, Cooper Cup, I'm, I love him, but I'm, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor ahead of Cooper, Cooper Cup. I'm not going to overthink this one. In fact, I'm going Eckler and McCaffrey. I have McCaffrey at two, Eckler at three right now, ahead of Cooper Cup as well. But if you said, Jeff, I'm taking Cooper Cup at two, all right. I mean, I'm not going to talk you out of it. I'm not doing it, but I'm not going to talk you out of it because I get it. I totally get it. But Jonathan Taylor won. McCaffrey at two. Now, the unique thing this year is they do actually have somebody who is capable of spelling him. Chuba Hubbard is a satellite back. He's a back who can give you some change of pace. He is not a back who you want to handle extra carries or if McCaffrey goes down to go 15 to 20 carries for you in, in, in McCaffrey's stead. Well... Deontay Foreman can do that. In fact, he did do that. I'm not just saying this because I think, feel, or believe it. I'm saying it because I know it. Because it happened last year when he had to spell Derrick Henry. 
So he gets in there. He is capable of giving you 20-plus carries if you need to. You won't need to if McCaffrey is healthy. And, in fact, if you take just a tick off, like McCaffrey doesn't have to have 380 touches. He could have 280 to 300 and still be an elite fantasy option. And then you give Deontay Foreman, I don't know, three or four or five carries a game. Uh, a catch or two a game. You know, just take a little bit of it all. And you can still use Chuba Hubbard too, by the way. But just a little bit of the workload off of McCaffrey's plate to hopefully keep him healthy. If I draft Christian McCaffrey, the first move that I do is I look down my draft board, I find Deontay Foreman, and I move him up two rounds because I am going to cuff Christian McCaffrey, you best believe it, if I'm drafting him. All right, let's move over to the Chicago Bears, a team that is in transition. A new coaching regime is in place. The previous regime flamed out and left, boy, a a burning pile, a heap uh, in, in numerous places along that roster, especially along the offensive line. It's one of the worst offensive lines on paper, and that's unfortunate because Justin Fields is a young quarterback who really could use protection. Now, fortunately, he's mobile, But my worry there is that he's going to bail too early all the time because of that mobility, like lean on the mobility. And and, and it can work. Don't get me wrong. Like It worked for Josh Allen the first two years of his career. But it's just a bad habit that I don't want to see out of a young quarterback who's still developing in the NFL. With that being said, Justin Fields has the ability as a runner I mean, this is a guy who could easily go up over 500 rushing yards and maybe even, you know, maybe even approach like seven or a possibly 800 rushing yards. Now, I'm projecting him just 535 rushing yards, but I mean, that's a midpoint. So he has that. Now, the passing could be a little bit rough. Is it? But think about it this way if we get close, and it doesn't have to be exact, but close to Jalen Hurts' production last year, right? Jalen Hurts, close to 800 rushing yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts, double-digit rushing touchdowns. Now, it's going to be hard for Fields, but even like Fields, if he has four, five, six rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts threw for 16 passing touchdowns last year and you know barely over 3,000 yards. If we can get that out of Fields, he's going to be a front-end quarterback too, if not better. So even with the crappy situation, there's still a lot of fantasy appeal to Justin Fields as an upside option in your one-quarterback leagues. Pretty volatile for two-quarterback Superflex, but I don't hate him in the one-quarterback format if you're drafting late round for upside. Uh, who is he throwing the football to? Well, this is the problem. He doesn't have a number one receiver. And before you start yelling at me over Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney has the look of a number two receiver. And that's exactly what he was last year. And if you're going to point out to me that he had great games without Allen Robinson on the field... I suggest you go and look at the secondaries that he faced in those games and then maybe include that in the equation. He faced some of the worst secondaries in the leagues those weeks, so he should have good games those weeks. Uh, I'm not as high on him as others. I think it's fair to view him as a mid-range wide receiver three, not a front-end wide receiver three or a back-end wide receiver two. Maybe that ends up being foolish on my part, but my, my methodology here is simple. I just don't think he is suited to be that true number one. And I think they're going to have some problems there with that. So in addition to him, though, this is the one thing that he does have working in his favor. You have Valus Jones Jr., rookie wide receiver. A lot of people know he's 25 years old, but whatever. He's blazing fast, and the team likes him. You have Byron Pringle, who's banged up. You have Nikhil Harry, the team traded for, who's banged up. I mean, basically almost every wideout here is banged up or is a no-namer 
Equinemius St. Brown, Daz Newsome, Tajay Sharp, David Moore, Dante Pettis. Like, this is the Misfit Island of Toys group of wide receivers here. So, yeah, the target should go to him. But, I mean, honestly, if I'm trying to get a piece of the passing game here, if I don't have fields, I don't, I'm not leaning towards him. I might be leaning towards Cole Komet at the right price. You know, Cole Komet basically had statistically a very similar year to Pat Fryermuth last year, except Pat Fryermuth scored touchdowns and Cole Komet didn't. And as far as tight ends are concerned, you know how I feel if you've listened to me before about touchdowns. I'm not going to weight them heavily in my fantasy draft evaluation. I'm going to put these guys in a sort of neutral setting. And the fact of the matter is Komet showed nice chemistry of fields. He's a big body target. And more athletic than you realize, and is poised to take another step forward. Now, he's not going to be much more than a 3-for-32 tight end this year, but there's enough meat on the bone here where I'm intrigued if the price is right. Now, he's got to fall, though, for me to actually like him. You know, he's got to fall into the late rounds if I don't happen to draft one of those wheelhouse tight ends. Uh, by the way, tiers, tight end tiers are updated if you're listening to this today uh, over at ftnfantasy.com. Those are free articles if you want to go check those out. All the tiers articles are free. All right. David Montgomery. To me, he's a quintessential dead zone running back. And I I know there is potential for him to finish as a top 10 guy because we've seen it happen before. But this year is a different regime. And I do have some concern based on one particular news item that's out there. The team is using him on special teams. Now, I don't think they're using him as like a gunner, by the way. I'm pretty sure that would mean as a returner in some way, shape, or form because it would be really surprising if it was anything other than that. But just the fact that they're willing to do that, plus the fact that there's been plenty of reports that they have used Khalil Herbert and rookie Tristan Ebner out of Baylor uh, with the ones in preseason. Now, of course, guys will work with the ones that doesn't mean Diddly. It just means they're they're evaluating him. But it does seem like uh, Luke Getze, who is the new offensive coordinator there for the Bears. Remember, Matt Eberflus is a defensive-minded head coach, so the offensive coordinator is calling the show for this offense. It seems like he's going to use a either a timeshare with two backs where Khalil Herbert and Monty are working back there or possibly a full-blown committee where even Ebner gets involved. Now, Ebner's better suited to passing down situations, so I wouldn't really worry too much about him. He's not like a guy I'm running out to pick up in Dynasty, by the way. But there's some smoke here with Khalil Herbert. Is it enough smoke that I'm I'm targeting him in drafts? or No. It's more the other way around. There's enough smoke here that I am very firm in my conviction that David Montgomery is a dead zone back And that's a range of running backs that I'm just not drafting right now. Now, maybe you do. Maybe you load up on running backs early. I don't take that approach. If I'm going to draft any running backs in the early rounds, it's going to be a top 10 guy. And then other than that, I just don't want a piece of this. Uh, The return on investment just doesn't, doesn't justify spending the premium pick on a guy like David Montgomery. I'd rather look for the return on investment at wide receiver in that range where he's going. So you're talking he's probably going – if he doesn't go in the third round, which he might, then he's not lasting past the fourth round in most home league drafts right now. Uh, and those home league drafts are going to be coming soon for a lot of us, maybe even have one this weekend. I know it's a little early for some folks, 
But I do have one this weekend. Actually, I have three drafts this weekend. I'll be out in Canton, Ohio. And if you're at the Fantasy Football Expo, stop by, say hi. I have the Kings Classic, so two drafts in the same day, an auction draft, and then a snake draft with the same group of drafters. And then the Hall of Fantasy draft, I'm uh, managing the Philadelphia team, baby. Yeah, baby. Uh, managing that team in the Hall of Fantasy draft, that is on Sunday. That's a super flex league right there. So I, I'm all over the map. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, coming up next, next podcast, we will have the Bengals and the Browns. Interesting. We'll talk Watson. Oh, yeah, you know we will. If you want to get in, though, now is the time. FTNFantasy.com. Don't forget, promo code RATPACK will get you 20% off. Use and abuse that promo code. You can follow along with me on Twitter. Of course, my name is Jeff Ratcliffe, so I am at Jeff Ratcliffe. Very original there on Twitter. I'll check you out there, and I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.